It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys have hired John Park. Who is he and what will his role be during the 2023 season? All that more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys. Your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL. And when you enter promo code LockdownNFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler, just like this one, mm. with every order. Again, that is birddogs.com slash NFL. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. It's Friday. We're talking Cowboys football. It doesn't get much better than that. We are going to try to get through this podcast without killing the rest of poor Marcus's voice. If yes. you can hear it in his voice right now, might as well address the the elephant in the room. Uh, Marcus is dealing with uh, some of the uh, Canadian fire. So all of our Canadian listeners, I place the blame squarely on you. For it's your fault. Today. Yeah, it's, it's your fault. fault. We'll, we'll, we'll power through the podcast. We'll be fine. Yeah. I, I think it also had to do with... Me doing like five different podcasts yesterday, but that may whatever. have to do with the truth. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Landon, the Cowboys made some news uh, this week. They've hired analytics uh, guru, John Park, who was with the Colts. Can we just talk about his role a little bit? We got a question from Kevin. He wants to know who is John Park and what position does he coach? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's a little bit, you know, for, for all of us that are in this for the football things, it's tough to kind of parse the positions of the analytics department and exactly what's going on and exactly what they're doing. And, and a lot of it is because it's not a uniform job across the league. I think they, they each guy, each department does a little bit different. They attack a whole bunch of different types of problems. I think that there are some kind of universal things that, that they tackle usually in, you know, draft value contracts, you know, that sort of thing, you know, analytics on fourth downs and that sort of thing. Like those are things that, you know, I, I think that most every analytics department will kind of attack, but for the most part, they kind of are special projects, you know, they, they, they get deployed uh, to take a look at, to, to go on to special projects, like meaning like, Hey, 
go find out like what how efficient our first down runs were this year or go find out uh, uh, what the common denominator was between all these defenses that we struggled with you know between 21 21 and 23 or something like that so that's usually the kind of stuff work that these guys do it's completely you know behind the curtain for fans so we, it's it's basically unviewable but here's what we know about this guy john park right John comes from a uh, from the Indianapolis Colts, part of a, a, a duo that was very, very well thought of over there. Uh, when Frank Wright left uh, Indianapolis, he took one of the other half of, of the of this duo from Indianapolis, and John Park uh, has come over kind of as a, a, a in a promotion from his job in Indianapolis, um, and 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 they did a wide variety of things, including some, a whole bunch of. Uh, uh, game day, uh, like during the game on the headset kind of analysis for the coaches uh, to help them kind of get an idea of, I'm assuming odds on like fourth down going for it, you know, that sort of things. Like what are the, what are the percentages say to do on this play and and that sort of thing. And they were, from what I understand, one of the first teams to do this and and to have a lot of success. A lot of teams kind of followed suit afterwards. So uh, I, I, I think this is an interesting hire simply because, um, I didn't really know what to think. You know, you know, they just fired their their other head analytics guy. Yeah, and that's like, what I was going to mention. Tom Robinson. Right before the draft, they moved on from Robinson, who was the director of football research, I believe. Yeah, I gotta believe that John Park is basically going to be filling that role. Correct. Yeah, I have to assume that they felt like they were getting an upgrade here, right? Like that they were kind of moving on with him and 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 trying to get this guy. I've asked around a little bit, and, and you know, I can't, you know, I'm not going to get into too much with exactly what I've heard, but the, but the, the, the returns of of what I've heard, the, the 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 kind of headline of what I've heard is the Cowboys got an absolute steal, and maybe even one of the very best uh, football analytics guys in all of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I've heard nothing but extremely positive reviews from folks that would know about you know a- analytics in football uh and so I- i'm really excited simply because I-, I do think it shows it's not only you know uh, uh an upgrade in this position but i think my fear was that you know after we saw robinson get let go what what, what was the future for the cowboys in their in their commitment to analytics uh and this to me shows a strong commitment to it and, and a strong commitment to uh the future of of analytics and, and kind of uh, what the Cowboys are going to do with that department and what the Cowboys are going to do with analytics moving forward. So I'm excited that they've kind of kind of keeping that rolling and that, you know, letting go of Robinson wasn't a, a precursor to like yeah. them rolling yeah. back a bunch of analytic thought. It's if anything, it sounds like they're kind of fully leaning into this and they're trying to go out and get one of the best in the NFL to do it. for them. Yeah. I was reading a report yesterday where he was in Frank Wright's ear, even during the game, like helping make decisions, helping thinking about play sequencing, even in like, okay, this is how we use some of the time management stuff when they use your timeouts. And actually, I think you had a comment on Twitter about this yesterday. Yeah. Like if Mike McCarthy is going to be taking over the play calling, the guy that's in his ear probably needs to be somebody that can help with some of the situational stuff, right? Hey, yeah. go for it. Or, Hey, maybe this is a good time to use the timeout. Maybe that's what his role will be as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, what I actually commented yesterday too, is that McCarthy is kind of, well known for being problematic at times with making some of the time management at the end of the game. Look, let's be clear. Most NFL coaches are terrible at it. I yes. mean, even Andy Reid, who's considered one of the best coaches in, in history at this point, 
ha- has a long history of being terrible at fourth quarter management. And so is Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick yeah. has had his moments where he's really struggled. So I think having so that's was my point is that, you know, if you feel like this is a weakness in your game as a head coach already, and now on top of that, you've got play calling duties, you really need a strong voice to kind of give you the odds on some of the stuff to kind of give you the perspective of what you're doing. Uh, and, and putting that in, in the hands of, of an analytics guru or, or someone like that who can run those numbers quickly, I think that that shows good good process and and, and 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 an ability to you know say what you want about Mike McCarthy. Um, he may have a lot of ego, but he understands that he has a lot of ego, and 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 he evaluates himself well and understands his own weaknesses. And th- and this could be a sign of a guy who recognizes that this is a weaker part of his game trying to get himself some help when he when he gets added as a play caller i think it's very smart i also i also think mike mccarthy doesn't get enough credit for putting really strong people around him some people are yeah. just threatened by other guys that are really good at jobs right i don't think i don't think some other coordinators or coaches would bring in somebody like dan quinn who's been to the super bowl as a head coach and let him run the defense basically by himself right now to get one of if not the top analytics guru, and if he's going to listen to him and he's going to give that guy some game day responsibilities, I think that's a that's a sign of a good coach. And we know that Mike McCarthy is a good coach. It's just it's it's really a positive thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I mean, I think lots of people are going to talk about who who he is as a play caller, and we're going to see that. We're going to find out exactly yep. who he is as a play caller here in a bit. But I think if we're talking about his reviews of how, how who he is as a coach, as a head coach, I think he's been a very good head coach oh. so far. Yeah, I, we I even got a question. Is Mike McCarthy, the third best head coach in Dallas Cowboys history, and I kind of blew it off. Like, no, then you start thinking about to it. Consider it right. Like, I, I, obviously, it's uh, to me that comes down to it's Landry. Just, Jimmy yeah, Johnson. Well, yeah, Landry and Johnson are obviously like, look, yeah. th- those are the two, right? Yeah, the the, the three that kind of come down is the, the other guy who won the Super Bowl. So if you want to, if you want to kind of throw him in there, you can. But I don't know. I think it comes down to Parcells and 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 McCarthy. I, I think those. I'd are go Parcells. Though. Yeah, I mean, I think that's yeah. it's hard to argue, but I think if you know you get a, another strong playoff run, another twelve win season this yep. year. It's going to be hard to argue against McCarthy. He's done a really, really good job just as purely as a head coach since he's been here. All right, let's get to some more Twitter questions, including two questions about the Cowboys tight end room next. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look so good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and let you you know, have a truly sculpted look in the leg. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks and feels just like a khaki, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses anti-stink, anti-sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I absolutely love my Bird Dog shorts. I wear them all the time to the golf course. They're nice and flexible, but they keep me nice and cool. Now, you can go to birddogs.com slash NFL and enter promo code NFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler just like this one with your order. That is birddogs.com slash NFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. We've been teasing this for a while, but Landon, you and I on Monday <laughs> yeah. are going to talk about the Cowboys quarterback situation going into the 2023 season what type of play they got from that unit last year i promise we'll do that on monday we'll talk about that then uh minicamp keeps getting in the way right it's too much news that's the thing too much news and then inevitably the cowboys will sign dalvin cook over the week probably yeah then we're gonna have to talk then we'll have to push it down another week so it'll get there i promise next question for mark how concerning Mm -hmm. is it that luke soonmaker Missed a bunch of practice time before camp with a foot injury, especially when you consider his, you know, injury history throughout his career at Michigan. I mean, I think it's concerning. I mean, you, you never want to see a young player missing OTAs. Uh, you know, specifically, you know, a tight end has got to learn a lot of, you know, kind of specifics there. Um, you know, it's an inflammatory thing, so I think they're just trying to be careful. And I, think I I'm glad that they... you made that point because it's different than an injury. Right. It sounds like it's something that you give a little bit of rest and he'll be fine or something he can manage. Yeah. I think, I think if, if this was during the season, they would manage it, you know, they would, they would give him a little bit of extra rest or something or, or alternate practice days or something. You know, I I think this is a situation where, again, we got to look at where we are. This is OTAs mini camp. There's a long way to go. We don't want to inflame something that's just going to make it worse. Like might as well give him the opportunity to stay off of it a little bit put him in a boot so he's even further kind of not inflaming it yeah. to help that kind of inflammation go down and then just kind of move on from there. Look, is, is it concerning that he's having it? Yeah. It's a little bit concerning that, that it's flaring up like that, but honestly uh, uh, you know, these football players deal with these kind of things a lot and they have to kind of fight through it during the season. We tend to see a little bit more of that stuff here because during a regular season, even during training camp, maybe during important parts, they would have played through it. But here there's no reason not to be anything but abundantly cautious. So that's why we're starting to see stuff. I, I do. I do think your logic is sound. I forgot who asked the question, but I do think the, Mark. the logic. Uh, yeah, Mark. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> My Mark. Uh, I do think your logic is sound here. I, I, I think uh, uh, the, the idea that, you know, oh, he was an in, in, injured player in college. He's starting out uh, on a, in a boot at OTAs. That is, you know, uh, certainly something to raise the the alarm about. Uh, but I think the context here kind of tells you that this isn't quite something that is like you know scary yet. This is we got to remember OTAs. They are just if you got a if you got a splinter, they're, they're holding you out, yeah. man. Like they just really aren't concerned. They, they they want to make sure you get the mental reps. They want to make sure that you're in the room learning and 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 seeing that stuff. But if you're not able to kind of get through the mental, the kind of uh, uh, physical reps that they're doing, uh, you know, he he got a handful of those early on, so he 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 probably got enough work that they felt comfortable if they had to shut him down just to make sure everything was okay. It, it, you're right. I mean, it's, it's it's nothing. This injury itself is nothing to be worried about, but it is the history of the injuries. Sure, he, 
didn't make it to the East-West Shrine game practices because of an injury during the OTAs. He had a hip injury that he was kind of working through. And now it's a foot injury. I Again, nothing seems so severe that I'm worried about, like, him being ready for training camp or, you know, anything like that. But I do wonder, like, you mentioned Bill Parcells. What would Bill Parcells have thought huh. of Scootamaker having all these kind of nagging things? Like it's, I mean, can you, Scootamaker on the bike on the side of practice, uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, annoying like, Parcells. Like, I mean, basically, uh, like like Jason Witten had his jaw closed and Parcells expected him to be out there. I, it's just totally different now. Right? Like you mentioned, if you have a hangnail, you're not practicing. Well, and I understand like it's so valuable to have the guys ready for the regular season. But I will say his overall durability – and like week to week stuff, I am a little bit nervous about. I, I imagine if Bill Parcells was coaching in this era of football, he certainly would have would not have retired as early as he did because he would have lost all his coaching money due to fines because yeah. of all the OTA yeah. practices that he would have had. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, this is something to keep an eye on, without a doubt. Like it's yep. it's your it's your second it's your second round tight end. You have big plans for him. You have to. It's not so much is this an injury we need to keep a, 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 an eye on. It's more of is this going to be a guy that's always got a thing? Like that's yeah. the that's what we're on watch for. Where I don't know. Always that have the maintaining, you know. Or, yeah. Know, I don't. Like, I don't know that we're there yet, but I, I think obviously this is this is a path that leads to that if if, if continues. So it's definitely something to keep an eye. On. You know, it's the drumbeat. It's just like the drumbeat, the positive drumbeats, right? The negative drumbeat of like. Hey, he's got an ankle. Hey, he's got a hip. Hey, he's got a uh, like all this, all these being lower body injuries doesn't make me feel great. So we do need to kind of keep an eye on it as the, as the rest of training camp goes on. Uh, we've got a quick question here from JJ. He wants to know now that the real emotion and hype of how Deuce Vaughn became a cowboy is behind us. What is the range of what we can expect from him in year one? I'd like a floor and a ceiling, please. Hmm. Well, uh, I think it, I think opportunity is going to be a big part of this, you know. So uh, it's it's kind of hard to put a floor and a ceiling at this point without knowing for sure what his role is going to be on, on this team. But that's something that they're going to be figuring out, right? So I would say the floor is I look. I have a hard time believing. Um, I'd be shocked if he didn't make the team. Uh, you know, or if he wasn't on the team in some form or fashion, whether that be in practice squad or, or whatever, right? Well, like, that's I, what I was gonna say. I, I think the floor is that he's on your practice squad. Yeah, I, I do too. Like, I mean, it's like I said. Like, I, I think he he makes the team. It's like in some sort of roster mechanism, whether that's actually on the team or at the very bare minimum as a uh, uh, practice squad player that they potentially would consider calling up at certain points, right? Um, and I think the ceiling for him is, I mean, to be used in a similar to Tony Pollard role uh, uh, that you saw, probably not last year's Tony Pollard role, but like, you know, two, a year or two before uh, Tony Pollard's role where he was a true kind of secondary back, a change of pace guy. You put him out in certain situations. I'm sure they'll have packages specifically for him. Um, and he becomes kind of a uh gadget guy that you use at running back and, and, and deploy in a whole bunch of different ways and, and, and becomes a just another weapon for your offense to deploy when you need him. Uh I just I, I think I I think it's unrealistic to suggest that his ceiling would be, you know, starting running back yeah. or Pro Bowl running back. I think what you're hoping for, especially this year, 
is a guy who can be a change of pace, a guy that you can throw into the game to kind of mix it up, to get to get a big play. You know, again, I, I would look to how Tony Pollard was used not last year, but but two years ago as as the kind of entry way into how they'll start to deploy Vaughn. And then as the season goes on, maybe you see him take more and more of those carries to kind of alleviate Pollard as you know the wear and tear of the season gets onto him. Here's the ceiling for me, and this is going to be very subjective and random, but this is my thought. I want to be at the end of the year thinking, hey, they got to find more ways to get Deuce Vaughn the ball, right? Like, hey, he had 94 touches this year. Maybe he should get 130, right? Like mm-hmm. find more ways because that means – what that means is he was productive whenever he yeah. touched the ball, yeah. right? But they yeah. didn't have to use him so much because of other injuries, and yeah. the offense was fine without him. That's kind of what I would like to see happen here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and honestly, I think as much as everyone kind of – we all complained about how they deployed Pollard, I think it was good for his career development because it, it allowed it him to be – right? Yeah, it, that and they allowed him to be efficient while getting experienced. And by the time that he started to get more and more carries, uh, you know – he was less boom and busty. He was, you know, he was, he was able to kind of have a higher floor in his runs, uh, finish a little bit better so that, you know, as he got more and more carries, you weren't seeing, you know, three yard loss in six yard gain. And that sort of thing. You're seeing a lot more, you know, the negatives were not as negative while maintaining very high positives, which I think is what you're trying to work towards uh, in the future for this role. As a rookie, you kind of just need to mitigate some of the the negatives that can happen with with a rookie running back, especially a, a small rookie running back. Yeah, uh, we've got one more question about another tight end on the roster, Princeton Fant, and what his role might be for this Cowboys team. We will get to that next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon, our last question here comes from Robbie, who is an everydayer. He wants to know, I haven't heard Princeton Fant mentioned once across the entire Boys Podcast uh, universe. That's not true. We've mentioned him a couple times. <sighs> Robbie, yeah, I get caught up on those episodes. Uh, was he at any of the camps? What is your take on him? I will start by saying this, yeah. uh, Landon. I have a major bias in favor of these type of players. So I, I, I can't be rational here because I love – the tight ends that are versatile that you can give backfield touches with, which by the way, he did. He had five yep. rushing touchdowns yep. last year alone for Tennessee on six carries or something like that. Ser- too. Yeah. 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 I love the guys that like, I mean, <laughs> I loved Aaron Hernandez coming out of Florida. I love the John mm-hmm. U. Smith type of tight ends, the Delaney yeah. walkers, the guys yep. that you move all over the place. He's obviously not that good, but there are parts of his game that I kind of like. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and I 100% agree with you. And and I love that that type of player that that H back that that's versatile that can move in about. I mean, honestly, it's the coin, the other side of the coin from Hunter Lepke, right? It's it's yeah. it's it's, and that's where I think the interesting conversation of this comes in, right? Is that to me, Princeton Fant is kind of 
your potential backup to Hunter Lepke in a ways, right? Like even though they play different positions, like the 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 their role on the roster will function very similarly, like right? Like it's like a a fifth tight end and a potential fullback. He could be a lead blocker. You can get him carries near the goal line if you need. He has obviously, like you mentioned, experience there. Um, he's a versatile player that played at a high level last year uh, in the SEC. Obviously, has uh, some uh, some NFL blood in him as his his cousin or is this his brother Noah? I can't remember. Uh, they cousin, are related. Noah, yeah, cousin. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Noah Fance's cousin. Um, so I, I think that there is something to uh, him. I think he's an intriguing player. I don't know if I like him more than Hunter Lepke, and I think that that's the difference, right? I think that I, I think you're going to be able to do like more Lepke things bit. with him, and 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 I I, I wonder if I I'm thinking for Fant another guy who could be a really great practice squad addition, mm-hmm. right? Like you'd love to have him on there. And then if you need to call him up and he could play 15 different spots, like in, on a game day, if you need to play special teams and then tight end and fullback, he could do all that if you need yeah. him to. So I, I think that they'll try to find a way to keep him. They'll try to find a way to kind of develop him a little bit. I would honestly, just because of the way the room is right now, unless he has a really incredible camp and, 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 and beats out Sean McEwen, I would be surprised to see him on the 53 man roster. Yeah, I think he's a practice squad guy that you develop, and maybe two years from now he takes Peyton Hendershot's spot on the roster. What I like about this H back position is there's so many different types of H backs, at least in the last 20 years, right? Like you get the Jim Klein saucers, who's really more of the block, right? You get the Chris Cooley, who is the receiver. You get the Trey Burtons, who are like the former quarterbacks, who are more just the athletes. Or you get the the Rod Smiths, who are more of a running back, but also kind of have that fullback body. I kind of think he's more of a – I don't know, because I don't think he's a great runner, but also I don't think he's all that polished of a receiver. <laughs> but he can do a little bit of everything, which makes him unique, right? Yeah, I mean, if this guy was incredible at any one thing, he would have been drafted, right? Like, I mean, I think that's the thing is guys like this, they get taken and picked up where they should because – they're valuable in the sense that they're versatile and they can do a lot of things for you, but they can't do any one good thing well enough to kind of take somebody's job. Exactly. They're just like the, they're, they, they basically exist in the NFL because there are roster game day uh, restrictions, right? Like if, 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 if the NFL was like college football and you could, you know, dress a hundred players, guys like this probably wouldn't be on the team because no. they're not good at any one thing to do it. But because you need these versatile guys to fill in the back of your roster, to play special teams, to fill in if someone gets hurt, these guys are become valuable and, and, and well, they're developable. And even his, honestly, his the role that he's going to have for this team is being on the practice squad and the scout team. Yeah, and give you yeah. different looks for the season, right? Like yeah. if you're going to be playing Jalen Hurts, right? You could probably have him do some things in wildcat and shotgun and all that kind of stuff to give you a bigger bodied guy like that, who has a little bit of experience running the ball. Or if you're going to have one of these move tight ends, you have him kind of lining up and giving you some different looks. That's where his role for the Cowboys is probably going to be. And I, I hate that for him because he's a fun player, but he's probably going to have to cut his teeth on the scout team. Oh, that's just the path these guys take. I mean, it's okay. Yep. He, you know, he, he, he's just not as physically talented as his cousin, you know, uh, and and that's fine. Like he's yep. he's got a lot going on for him that still will keep him in the NFL. He'll still collect a paycheck if he continues to kind of develop a little bit. Uh, guys like these that are kind of you know football rats, like coaches, you know sons types player, you know that that yep. like can do a little bit of everything. They hang around, you know. C- coaches they they get a they get a 
a coach that likes them, they'll, they'll you know vouch for them. They'll keep them around on a roster, try to develop them because of this, right? Because of all yep. because they could be a multiple useful player on game day. They could be a, a, a super helpful practice day player on the other's team on the scout squad. They could do a lot of things that you need administratively done on your football team that may not necessarily be, you know, producing yardage on the field specifically. These guys have value on football teams value that you know it's a lot like the analytics guys right like you don't see these guys play but what they do for the rest of the team during the week and during the season uh, can really be valuable so that's why they, they they invest in these guys and try to develop them a little bit all right that is it for today's show we want to thank you for making lot on cowboys your first listen every day again every day is on monday we're going to break down the cowboys quarterback situation so make sure you tune in for that we are free and available on all platforms Go check out our show on YouTube. You can go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you guys next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.